Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyoli, and you're listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we share our most intimate details in an effort to help the world have a better sex life. And my guest today, I'm super excited to introduce to you all the way from Guatemala is Rodrigo. Welcome. Hey, how are you? I'm great. I'm so excited that you're here with us today. Can you start by giving our listeners just a little bit of background information about you? Sure. Uh, my name is Rodrigo. Uh, I am 23 years old. I um, live in Guatemala, in the city. Uh, I studied marketing at university. I'm graduated. I'm studying my master's and I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. And now will you tell us a little bit about yourself sexually? Just give us a little introduction. Okay. Well, I'm bisexual. I like to call myself, you know, a semi-out bisexual, you know. The thing is that some people know, some people don't. I don't really, you know, carry my rainbow flag with me right. all, all times. Um, but still, I'm not close about it. If you ask me, I'm going to tell you. Yeah, you know, I'm really, you could say... Um, discreet about my sex life so mm. this is why this is a new thing for me i'm not just yeah. you know yeah. talking to the world about it but i'm really excited for our listeners who maybe aren't terribly familiar with guatemala or just want to know sure. what it's like how is it for you being out or semi out there like what's <laughs> the what's the sexual context that you're living in okay uh well guatemala many other latin american countries is uh really traditional country, you could say, really religious country also. So it's, you know, as any other religious country is a struggle, you could say, because of the fact that maybe we're not um, in the fear or in the ri at risk of violence against us. But, you know, all the LGBT uh, community is like put aside. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. if you can come out and to certain people, maybe, you're going to get a lot of, you could say, discrimination, uh, job-wise, uh, education-wise, and, you see, maybe not socially as a, you know, as a society, but mm -hmm. you're probably mm -hmm. going to get uh, weird looks, you know, as, well, everyone else. As a country, we're, like, evolving mm -hmm. towards more open community, a more open uh, or accepting community, but... Still, we're in that process, so there's a lot of, uh, you could say, fear of coming out, fear of actually uh, calling yourself as part of the LGBTQ community. So yeah, we're getting there, but we're not there yet. Yeah. So with that in mind, how did you first realize that you were bisexual, and what was your early upbringing like when it came to sex? Do you guys have sex ed? Did you get a talk? Like, What was your experience yeah. like? Actually, for us, uh, the sexual education at least comes in, you could say, science class. Mm -hmm. um, but we, as a, as a country, I think that we do get a lot of, um, at least in private education, um, because most of the people in Guatemala go to private schools. So as, as a whole, we do know, a lot, you could say, a lot about sex, but still there's a lot that we don't know, you know, to say uh, about gay sex life or bisexual sex life mm -hmm. or transsexual sex life, you know. So uh, we're, well, the first time that we could talk about sex is around maybe like what, what we call third grade, but for you that would be like fifth or sex, sixth grade. Okay. So we get 
that talk are when we were 12, maybe, or 13. Uh, you know, the differences between girls and boys and, you know, uh, all that stuff. But still, from that point on, we kind of, some sort of information, you know, STDs, how to protect yourself. But for me, I came to realize about my sexuality probably around uh, when I was like maybe 16 or 17. Well, at least that was the time that I accepted it. Uh, because, you know, for most of us, uh, well, at least for me, and my first, you know, weird feelings, you could say, yeah. <laughs> towards yeah. men uh, came around when I was uh, maybe 13. But, you know, I didn't know what that was. And so I kept with, going with my life. And when I was maybe 17, 17, uh, you know, I started to think that maybe I you know, felt attracted to, to men. And I came to fully accept it when, around when I was maybe 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I said, well, let's try it. <laughs> So I went out with men, uh, you know, it was great, and I thought to myself that, sure, this this is probably why I felt those weird feelings, you know? Yeah. But still, you know, I still uh, attracted girls, so, or from my point of view, it made it a little bit harder to realize what I was, or where I fit in the, you know, in the spectrum, because of the fact that you think, at least when you're a little bit younger, you think that you like girls or you like boys, but in your mind, it's not always that easy to realize that you like both. So for me, it was not that hard to realize. Mm -hmm. I didn't struggle with accepting it, but I did felt fear that how I was going to be perceived as by people and how was that going to affect my life? You know, I was really young. You don't have money, you're barely studying, and how is that going to affect my life, you know, as a whole? Yeah, and I would say you're still very young. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> so how how is it affecting your life, if at all, so far? Or actually, should we go in order? Let's start with your earlier experiences and work our way up to where you are now. Sure. What was the first time you remember masturbating? Do you touch yourself? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, probably, yeah, around when I was 13 mm-hmm. or 14, maybe. Um, well, at least that was, the, you know, the first time that I realized what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not anything glamorous, just, you know, you know, okay, hey, but, this was good and yeah. <laughs> but where were you? Were you like in a bedroom? Were you in a shower? Were you out in the wilderness somewhere? <laughs> no, yeah. Um, you know, kind of vanilla, but I was in my bedroom, you know. I well, probably... I, I always wonder about that with male-bodied people because it's a little bit messier. Like, my first masturbations were in my own bed, but, like, I don't have to worry about ejaculation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's, you know, the first times you don't really know what you're doing and what's going to, you know, happen yeah. <laughs> at the end. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> Good point. Uh, yeah, so... Um, yeah, you just clean up after yourself and <laughs> that's about it. But yeah, uh, I really, for at least for me, I was, you know, ever since I started, you know, you'd say getting in touch with your sexual side, mm-hmm. 
I really just went for it and, you know, I tried new things. I said, well, this feels good. This doesn't feel that good. And, you know, just went with the flow, you know. But, yeah, I started experimenting with myself, you could say, around maybe 13 or 14. Mm -hmm. And actually, when I was 15, I had the chance to go on an exchange program. So Mm -hmm. I went to Auburn, Washington. Auburn, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I lived there for around maybe five or six months. Oh, wow. So, you know, coming from, uh, you could say, a third world country to a first world country, you know, uh, especially one that is, you know, the center of all media, of all, all, you could say, information. Yeah. It's a big shock for us uh, at at some point. But still, you know, over there, I actually uh, got the chance to live with a very open family. They really were open about talking a lot of, of these things. And actually, they were Mormon, but still, they were open. That's amazing. <laughs> and, you know, as many other exchange programs, I had a biggest brother, and that was my own age. So we were, you know, we clicked, we learned together, you could say. Yeah. And not experimenting together, but <laughs> we did learn together. So that was, you know, maybe the point where I thought that this wasn't a bad thing. Mm-hmm. or something to feel ashamed of. It was just something that you had to learn, you know, because of the fact that, well, I'm, I'm hopeful that I'm going to have sex the rest of my life. So, so you had to learn what you like, what you don't like, and everything, <laughs> just like that. Yeah. You said you did some exploring during your exchange program. Yeah. What did you know, those explorations uh, look like? That exploration meant that uh, I lost my virginity in the exchange program. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us the story? Oh, well, uh, well I, when I lived over there, I actually, when you go on an exchange program, you're always the new thing. You're, you're the, the, the kid that uh, appeared in the middle of the school year yeah. and you just want to meet him, you know? So you could say that if, even if you're not popular at your, your you know, country or your school, if you go on an exchange program, you're probably going to be popular because all the people want to know who you are. Yeah. So... <laughs> For me, uh, that's how it started, you know. I arrived there, I made a bunch of friends really quickly, and uh, around the age of 16 is the, was for us at least, uh, is, you know, the fixed age that you start experimenting not only with your body, but also you start, you know, going to parties and, you know, getting to dance a little dirty, dirty and, <laughs> you know, something like that. Yeah, so... Um, that's how it happened. It was nothing like you could say much, uh, much of a story. <laughs> I went to a party. There was this girl that I really liked, and we were in a couple of classes together. And, you know, it was her house, so she was like, oh, let's go to my bedroom. And I was like, okay. You know, uh, <laughs> I never considered myself, you know, like the life of the party or anything. But, you know, as I told you, you're like instant popular when you go to another country, especially when you talk in Spanish. Yeah. They're just like, oh, nice. And, you know, one of those countries that you think that is all tropical and Mm -hmm. people associated with, uh, you know, beaches and... And coffee and and the volcano and beauty. (laughs) It's like something really different for a lot of people. So for me, it was like, okay, let's do it. And, you know, at first I, I thought that it was just going to be a little kissing, but 
it wasn't just a little kissing as you could <laughs> and yeah it just happened as i told you maybe not the most you know interesting story it was just like okay i've seen our you know to say porn yeah i know yeah. that that's, this is the, the thing that i have to do so i try to do it and I don't know if it was the best, but <laughs> yeah, it definitely, uh, it was an experience. You know, for me, I think that it was a great first experience, you know, just because of the fact that, at least for me, being in another country, it was, you know, a lot more interesting. <laughs> yeah. You could say. Yeah. And, well, after my program ended, I didn't have to live with the shame of seeing her, knowing that maybe, I, you know, I wasn't that good. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was um, a really good experience, at least for being my first experience, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was the full story. That's amazing. Did you have experience with a little bit of kissing prior to that? Like, have you oh, been yeah. with it? Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, <laughs> uh, definitely. Um, I went to a few schools that were 50 50 mm -hmm. girls and boys. So, we had the amazing opportunity of almost. You know, everyone in this, at school had, you know, their kissing bodies. You know, That's you could amazing. say. Yeah. So for me, actually, I did have a friend. That, uh, to this day, we're really good friends. That we were just the kind of people that, you know, that we knew that at some point we were going to have a, a couple, a girlfriend or boyfriend. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to be prepared. And so with, with this friend, uh, we actually made it as a, you know, a weekly thing, you know, to, okay, we'll get together at recess, uh, we're going to kiss a little bit, you know, and yeah, that was about it. The next week, we were, hey, I heard uh, about French kissing, you want to try it? Yeah, sure, and we tried it. So, yeah, and actually, I, I, I had to say that that was the thing that actually made my friendship with this girl, you know, yeah. a little bit stronger, yeah. and to this day, we laugh about it. We don't kiss anymore, Yeah, but we're you know, we're really glad that it happened, you know. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, and actually, uh, at that point, it wasn't a sexual thing. It wasn't even a love thing or anything. We just wanted to try new things. We wanted to, you know, get a little bit of experience. Yeah. Or if that real thing happened, we wanted to be prepared. So, <laughs> That's yeah. That was... Like the best study hall. <laughs> yeah, you best. know, uh, that was my favorite period. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, science, kissing, and then social studies amazing <laughs> so from there so you did eventually have a, a boyfriend or girlfriend in high school yeah. or afterwards yeah you know the year after i came uh, back from the united states i had a lot another friend at my school and we had the most you know you could say high school relationship ever mm -hmm. we went out we hold hands at the halls and the cafeteria, even in class, you know, we were sitting like in different rows and we were holding hands. We we're stretching ourselves to hold each other. <laughs> I brought her uh, chocolates, uh, candies and everything. Um, we went to the parties together. Everyone at school, even the teachers, the other students from other grades knew that we were a couple. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, probably went out the rest of my high school, you know. I graduated um, being her boyfriend and... Uh, actually, when we went to, to the university, uh, that's where we split, you know. In Guatemala, actually, it's not like the, in the United States that you go maybe to another state or really far from home. Mm -hmm. They're mm -hmm. probably around maybe, uh, well, just 10 or 12 universities 
uh, in Guatemala, and most of them are in the capital city. So, but still, uh, we were like in maybe three hours apart from each other, from one school to another. And even though we lived close, I started to work when I was in the university. So mm. I didn't have time to see her and she started to work and she didn't have time to see me. So that was probably when we broke up and when we decided to not continue, you know, but she was the one that I could actually experiment with, you could say, uh, besides kissing. Yeah. We, she was the one that I really had my first experiences, not only with, you could say, sex, but also with love, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was a great first experience and probably one of the the relationships that I, you know, cherish the most mm-hmm. because of the fact that I grew up with her, you could say, right? It was like maybe yeah. two or three years of a relationship. And to be that young, I have a relationship that is two or three years is, you could say, kind of impressive. Well, at yeah. least for me, looking back, it's really impressive that I managed to with same person for three years when I was like 15 or 15, yeah. I, that's longer than any of the relationships I've had. Like I've had two years <laughs> on and off, but yeah. <laughs> I was in my 20s and the... Uh... Well, yeah, you know, as I told you, maybe this relationship was, you know, I call it a little high school because mm-hmm. of the fact that, you know, we broke up because, I don't know, I didn't sit with her in, in Spanish class or in English class. <laughs> right. But then at the end of the day, we, you know, made out and we were together again. So... <laughs> Because yeah, it's it's you know uh, I could say teen love. Yeah, that's the way I can describe it actually. <laughs> so in this early experience of let's say teenage love, you experimented sexually. How did you like? How did it happen? Did you talk about it? Did you just try things together? Did you ever say anything like I saw this? Did you watch porn together? Like I didn't have a high school relationship, and you're a bit younger than I am too. So like, what was it like? Well, it's kind of weird because of the time when we were together, well, you probably heard about it, it's, you know, the quinceañera age, you mm-hmm. know, for us, and well, as many other Latin countries, um, quinceañera actually is really fun to be in a Latin school, you may not know it, but it's really fun to be in a Latin school in the quinceañera year because all of your classmates are turning 15, so yeah. everyone does yeah. a party, you know, oh. yeah, it's, you know, a party every weekend and you go out every weekend and that was what made this relationship really special you know mm-hmm. and as you know also many uh, is you know it's a stereotype but at least for us in Guatemala it's a real state or stereotype you know we're really passionate you know especially when it comes to death yeah we do like a lot of dances and a lot of dances in Guatemala or at least in Latin America are really you could say essential Oh, yeah. So for us, um, you know, the first experience of, you could say, that goes beyond kissing is, you know, dancing. Oh, yeah. And that's a little bit when you get to, to know how comfortable you are with your partner, you know. Mm-hmm. The first time you dance, you know, you're like a little bit uh, far away. Uh, you know, you stretch your arms and you just move around. But when you're really comfortable with someone, or you want them to know that you're, you know, could say, um, attracted to them, you know, at some point, or that you have chemistry, you really get into it, mm-hmm. into it, into the dance and everything. So at least for us, that was, you know, how we started to, you know, not doing something, but realizing that we were comfortable with each other. And after that, it just, you could say it was a natural step, you know, 
that we talked about how our beliefs let us do certain stuff, you know, because I, I didn't tell you this, but I'm really Catholic mm -hmm. and she was too. So, you know, it's always the, the fight again, that beliefs versus what you want to do or what you don't want to do. Yeah. So yeah. for us, uh, we decided that, that if we did fall in love and we had respect for each other, that we could try to do certain things, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's how it happened, you know. We really had a talk. That's how we decided to do it. And for us, actually, it was pretty simple to find a time because my parents are divorced. So at the time, I just lived with my mother and my mother, you know, spent working pretty much every day, all day. So my house was available. Her house was available. So we had the chance to do that. You know, it's not like we were afraid, you know, like my parents are going to walk in. Right. In the middle of the day. No, we were, you know, we had the chance to take it easy, um, not just jump into it like many other people had to do it. Yeah. But we had the chance to, you know, talk. Uh, what do you like? What do you don't like? You know, at first it was a little bit messy, but because as any other, you know, say, uh, first experiences. Yeah. It was the first time that I had sex with someone that I actually loved, actually care about. So, how would you say that affected you? For me, Actually, it's all about being comfortable with the person. And for me, there's not anything that proves that you're comfortable more than that you say or that you feel love towards someone. And actually, well, it's, maybe it's not just or not necessarily love, but that you really need to, you know, connect with someone. And that connection, that's what makes... Uh, you know, any sexual experience a little bit better, you could say, because of the fact that you really, you're not just thinking about how you're going to, you know, feel good or, or enjoy it, but you're thinking about the other person too. Mm -hmm. So for me, actually, that was what made it a lot better because I knew of the fact that probably, you know, some things that I didn't like that much, but she liked it. So I was Wait, going to do it. For example, what? <laughs> well, um, one of the things that I, you know, wasn't sure at the beginning, <laughs> but I ended up liking it. You know, it was a lot of dirty talk mm. at that time, you know, because of the fact that you're not that creative when you're young. So you're, you're great. You know, your, your dirty talk is just like, oh, yeah, give it to me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. My, my early dirty talk was something along the lines of like, fuck, yeah, I yeah. love it. Like, I didn't know what to say. And I had a hookup buddy friend that was trying to get me to talk dirty with him. And I just didn't have the language, which is one yeah. reason I love hearing other people <laughs> dirty talk. Okay, not to put you on the spot, but maybe a little bit. How do you feel about dirty talking now? And do you have a dirty talk phrase that you could think of and tell us in Spanish? <laughs> um, well... Actually, uh, believe it or not, many of our dirty talk, at least here in Guatemala, is, you know, you could say bilingual. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, you're maybe having sex with a guy here that, you know, both of you speak Spanish. And you're going to be like, oh, yeah, give it to me. Oh, fuck, <laughs> oh, fuck, fuck. You know, it's, there's no reason for it. It just comes out. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do you think it has to do with porn, too? Because I feel like the U.S. maybe exports a lot of porn, so I wonder if people pick it up there. Probably, yeah. Um, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, now that I think about it, probably that's the reason. Okay, that makes uh, me a little sad because I do feel like Spanish is a much sexier language. I think that maybe it is. I think also that it's a little bit sexier, but yeah. at least for, say, dirty talk, it's much easier to speak English. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, so, yeah, two syllables, you know? Yeah, yeah, true, yeah. true. So I, right now, actually, I can't think about one of my phrases. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the... You could say translation of fuck yeah is just all see. <laughs> mm-hmm. So instead of saying, you know, is you could say you take out the F word. So the translation is just the yeah part. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, sure. Actually, yeah, I, I can't think of a phrase. I do like dirty talk. But uh, what was the path like for you to come to like it? And was your girlfriend at the time like talk with me or or did you just start doing it? Yeah, um, well, my girlfriend at the time, you know, she was an instant, you know, expert at it, you know? Yeah. I don't know where she got it. My best friend is the same way. Like, when she started talking to her now husband, she, like, had all these things. And we were, like, 18 at the time. And I was like, how do you know what to say? And she was like, I just know. Yeah, you know, it's like, I, I, I can really explain it. But for me, at least, it was, when we started, I was like, yeah, okay, let's do it. And you were like, see, 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 oh, damelo, <laughs> and all this stuff. But at the end of the time, I, you know, I realized that she, like, you could say certain dirty will talk. So she wasn't the fact that she wasn't, like, insulting her, like, oh, yeah, you dirty bitch, and, and something like that. Yeah. But she was more in the, in the you could say, dirty talk of, uh, you know, like, you could say, Oh yeah, you're gonna come some hard from yeah. there, you know, focusing on the and the ending part, you could say. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I do think that there is this idea around dirty talk that it's all one type of thing, and it's not. And yeah, no. <laughs> like I, for example, I do enjoy the more derogatory, like where they're saying names at me and about me, sure. but only when it's like pre-agreed upon in like a kink relationship. Like when I was with my former master, when you know, or like a dom type person, the, they're allowed to say really derogatory, rude things to me about me. But with other people where we haven't talked about that, if out of nowhere they were like, oh, you fucking bitch, blah, 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 I'd be like, wait, wait, stop. What? What are we doing? Because <laughs> it's like, like yeah. I feel like the context is important. Sure, yeah. And for us, you know, uh, coming out from a loving relationship, you could say dirty talk comes, that talk that you're talking about is really necessary, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. of the fact that, you know, I might call you, a, you know, a bitch or a slut when we're having sex. And after that, we're going to, you know, go to the movies holding hands. And yeah. so. <laughs> well, and that's, that's the thing. Like when I was with my Dom previously, him saying those words to me felt like he was saying sweetie pie or like honey bun like like they they yeah. took on a different meaning to me and so that was yeah, like true. part of part of my turn on and without that context it's like you called me a name am i mad at you like yeah. you know especially with someone where you don't have built-in care and trust yeah it's definitely something that you have to you know but as i told you it's just about exploring mm-hmm. it, because of the fact that she didn't know if she liked it i didn't like yeah. it so we tried it. Um, at first, as, as I told you, she really enjoyed it. Yeah. For me, it wasn't that, like that. You know, you come to enjoy it because of the fact that she enjoys it. Yeah. And after that, you just hiding your, you know, trick back. So if you're with someone that really enjoys it, you take it out and 
you try to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to try it at least once. That's what I say. Then if you don't like it, sure, yeah. put it aside. Yeah. But if you you might enjoy it, and um, you know, as for me actually, it was the fact that I discovered that I really enjoyed being tied up. Um, maybe you know, not being you know really tied up like really hard or anything right. that I can do. Right. But I like to feel you know the absence of control. You could say. Yeah. So yeah. that's something that with her, with the confidence that I had with her, I got the chance to try at a you could say well a really early age. Yeah. And wow. from that point on, I, you know, just try to explore that a little bit more and find out what other parts of it you like or other parts you don't like, you know. Wow. So what have you discovered? Well, as I told you, I really enjoy being, you know, you could say a little bit soft mm -hmm. or being with a dominant person. Yeah. But uh, maybe not in the fact that I like to be, you know, you could come say completely tied up or anything. Yeah. Just to give a little bit of control to the person and actually giving the person the chance to decide what to do. And that's for me at least that's a really big you could say interesting and exciting thing. You yeah. don't know yeah. what you're going to get. Do you feel excited by the idea of being dominated both by a man and a woman? Yeah, yeah. actually yeah. Oh that's awesome. Me too. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just always I mean, curious because yeah. I do have a friend where she likes being dominated by women but not men. And okay. so, you know, so for her, so I just always like to check in and, and find out, oh, something we haven't really talked very much about, oral sex. Okay. Is that something that you did with your first partner? Yeah. yeah did you, you know, it was actually, uh, you know, like the elephant in the room mm -hmm. because you don't want to ask. Oh. But, uh, but you want to try it. Yeah. So that wasn't maybe like our first try. We both wanted to try it, mm -hmm. both doing it and receiving it and um, yeah we did it <laughs> and actually for us you know it was like a you could say quickie our quickie option option you know yeah if we didn't have time, a lot of time we were just okay get your pants down and <laughs> just like that uh -huh. because actually well i don't want to say that we were you know a, a sexual couple we were not but uh, we i want to say maybe once a week or once every days maybe mm -hmm. we try you know to try something new or to do something to get together specifically to do that just because of the fact you know because we were teenagers and we wanted to try new things we knew maybe at that time we didn't saw it that way we didn't see it that way but for us we knew that it wasn't going to be you know a lifelong relationship yeah <laughs> you know the, uh, but we wanted to try and the fact that we knew that we had the trust in each other to ask each other to do things and to try new things. So, yeah, I, we actually, you know, and zero sex, we did try it, did like it, because put us in right. <laughs> and actually for us, it was, you know, one of the many ways that we went from that point on, you know. Mm -hmm. um, you could say, oh, yeah, how does it feel when we were doing, our, well, I was endorsing our sex to her and she was also stimulating herself, you know, um, what does that feel? Yeah. What does it yeah. feel for me? How does it feel to be only, like you would say, tied up and having oral sex? So actually for us, that was, you know, a little bit to explore new things that yeah. you might not yeah. be able to explore otherwise. That's amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about specifically how you like to be touched? Like, <laughs> like, 
Like, are there any moves that you love or are your balls very sensitive or like what? Do you have any favorites? Okay. Um, actually, don't. I okay. don't think that I have, you know, specific thing uh, about me that is like, oh, yeah, I can come just from that. <laughs> right, right. I do have really sensitive nipples. Mm-hmm. Of the fact, um, I do like it, but it's not like, oh, yeah, just focus on that. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, or, or spend a lot of time, you know, just playing with my nipples. Mm-hmm. For me, it's not like that. I actually um, really enjoy, you could say, the whole experience. You could say, yes. like, as I told you, uh, I, I really enjoy the fact that to give control to the person and, you know, just do whatever you like, you know. Me too. That's my whatever favorite. That's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that I have learned to love, you know, something about, you know, every part of your body and something that you could say you can do in, you know, the palm of, the palm of my hands that I'm going to like, you know, and something that you can do with my shoulder that I'm going to like, you yeah. know. So maybe you could say it, it, I don't know, it makes you have more, you know, things to do. Yeah. More, you know. Well, and it's, it's like an entire sensual experience rather than like one in and out thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, the only thing that I cannot do and, I have tried it and cannot do is, you know, the um, the bottom of my feet because I'm really ticklish. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. I really hate it. And, you know, if, if, if I'm with someone and he or she starts tickling my feet or, you know, rubbing her hands to my feet, I cannot take it. I'm going to stop it. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And if they continue, they're probably going to, you know, pull the whole thing off because same. You know, I can't stand it. <laughs> That's my number yeah. one absolute red no 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 like 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 light tickles like touching like that lovely where you're actually tickling me and I'm having that nerve reaction I can't handle it. I can't even stand you know a soft touch. Okay. I'm that ticklish and you know I'm the kind of person that you know you just rub your finger against my feet and you know I'm going to start shaking and moving yeah. and yeah. You know, I can't stand it at all. But besides that you know I have learned to. You know, enjoy every part of your body and mm-hmm. incorporating that into, you know, a sexual experience. Amazing. So what about your first experiences with men? Or is that skipping ahead? Should we just go chronologically and what happened next after this relationship? Uh, well, actually, um, after I broke up with this, um, you know, say girlfriend, I did start experimenting, you know. It wasn't, you couldn't say... Um, something that I was really excited about or something that I really wanted to try was just something that happened. Mm-hmm. As many other, you know, men that have been with other men know that when you're not prepared <laughs> to have sex with another man, and especially with you, start up being my bottom, mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. are going to get a little messy. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, at least for me, uh, actually, um, it was, you know, a shock and maybe something that you could say traumatic my oh, first no. time because of the fact that I wasn't you could say ready yeah i didn't prepare myself or anything but you know i was you could say traumatized for everything that happened but the text by itself it didn't feel bad at all yeah. actually it felt good, so i liked it and um so i was you know i decided that i wanted to try it again yeah can i pause you there and ask you the feelings that felt traumatic can you say what they felt like sure for me, the you know, say trauma was the fact that I felt like I had done something dirty, mm-hmm. and up to that point, I never felt that sex was dirty. Yeah. 
but you know, you obviously you, you don't you don't uh, associate really well the pleasure of sex with you know you say shit. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, so um, until you do which i now do because of all of my experiences and there is not like when i go to the bathroom every day but there is some part of me that like yeah because i'm a big i'm a i'm a big fan of anal sex as well <laughs> and so i had to make that transition <laughs> totally yeah so it's um you say about you know uh so that was maybe the trauma for me because of the fact that it was the first time that i associated those two things yeah but after that actually um you know i decided to investigate and to learn a little bit about, about how does it work and, mm -hmm. and how to prevent those things and um you know also how to communicate with you know any sexual partners even if it's a casual partner how to communicate communicate these things and so you know i decided to try it again to maybe it was just a one time thing and to prepare myself for it. So mm -hmm. I did. Actually, it wasn't, you know, I don't want to say it was a one night stand, but that was the only time that I had sex with him. So mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> because of the fact yeah. that we went out a couple of times, you know, and before we had sex and after we had sex, but that was the only time that we had sex. So yeah. for, you know, it was kind of a one night stand, <laughs> you could say. That's the I have a situation like that that's the closest I have to a one-night stand. I don't think it's really... I think a real one-night stand is someone you go out, they're a stranger, you meet them, you do it, and then you don't talk again. That's yeah. my fantasy about a, a real <laughs> one-night stand. Sure. Uh, yeah, but, you know, for me, actually, and it was the, like... It was so weird because of the fact that it was the, the first time that I was also with a man. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I, as I told you, I... I think I felt like the fact that I felt all those, you could say, fears of, of repeating himself made me realize that, you know, I didn't want to have sex with him again. Mm. So, yeah, we broke that up. And, you know, my next relationship, you could say relationship, but it wasn't a relationship, you know. Uh, my first almost white man stand yeah. <laughs> was, yeah. um, I don't want to say experience, but I was more informed. And that's one of the things that I really think that even if, if it sounds like maybe homework or something, that it's really necessary, especially when you're young and you're having sex, that you really need to get informed, right, yeah. about what's going to happen, how you're going, how your body is going to react to certain things, you know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I actually, you know, I met a guy, we liked each other, we were on a date, we had sex, and it wasn't bad, you know. So I think I thought to myself, well, this is for me. This is what I like this. So um, that was, you know, the point of transition, you could say, when I started to call myself, you know, and to tell myself that I like being with men too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a wonderful time. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, actually, you know, I did went out with this guy, you could say, for a medium period of time, you could say maybe a couple of months. Mm -hmm. And we broke up and everything, you know, but at this time, I was happy, you could say, because of the fact that I knew that I, well, I discovered something new about, my, about myself. And, you know, with him, I got the chance to either, well, top, bottom, uh, you know. Yeah. So for me, I think that for any guy that was, you know, that is, but to consider himself straight, being a top is not just, is nothing that special. Yeah. <laughs> you're used to it and, and uh, well it feels different but at the same time you know 
you could say it's a known motion, so you're kind of used to it. But for me, knowing that I did like bottoming, mm-hmm. actually for me, it was an exciting time. Yeah. I Actually, you don't get to experience many times, you know, mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. you're with a man. And a lot of girls are freaked out when you tell them that, yeah, put your, put your finger and pop my butt or something like that. So, mm. <laughs> so maybe... That's why I think maybe um, people don't get to experience, you know, that kind of. I know. Thing, I wish. You know? I really wish everyone would try a finger up their butt at least three times. I think three is a good number. I had a the friend. I think it is because I had a friend tell me this once, and I've stolen it from him. Um, he said the first time, you don't have to know. You you're, you may not like it. You don't know what's going to happen. The second time it might be the same. The third time, if you still don't like it, then you know for sure. That's his measuring stick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, and as I told you, it's probably just, even if it's, you know, anal sex, I think that you really, and people think that, you know, there's just one way to do anal sex, yeah. but there's probably a lot of things that you can do, you know, and to, um, you know, not only make it feel better, but make your partner feel more comfortable, yeah. you could say. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. That, as I said, that for me was, you know, uh, breaking, you know, news for me that I like being a bottom. And yeah, and after that, actually, I experienced with him a lot, well, I, you know, a lot of new experiences, you know, how to be dominated by a man. Yeah. How it felt, yeah. Uh, you know, how to do oral sex to a man. What was that, that like? How was it for you? You know, intimidating <laughs> at some point. But at the end of the day, actually, um, I think for us, at least it's a little bit easier, you could say, because of the fact that we know what we like, you know? Okay. Uh, we know what we like, so um, we get to, you know, project <laughs> what we like in the other person. Uh-huh. Even uh-huh. though not everyone likes the same thing, um, you know, it's a good starting point, I think. Yeah. You can start with the basics, and then you can explore and get to know the other person and what they like, you know, you doing oral sex while stimulating your ass or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, Have know, you ever 69'd with a man? I've never asked this question. Well, how is it, is it, yeah. does, how does it work logistically? Like, I feel like it's, <laughs> you know, for me, actually, I had 69, um, not at that point, but mm-hmm. I had 69 and I don't know, it's just like, for me, when you get to that 69, it's just like you're really horny and you just go with the flow, you know? <laughs> and for me, actually, it's, you could say a little bit hard because of the fact that, well, in feet, I'm six feet, I think. Mm-hmm. So in Guatemala, it's like 181 centimeters, mm-hmm. but I'm a really tall person in Guatemala. So yeah. a lot of people, you know, and the standard here is maybe like 5'5". Five, five. Yeah. Yeah, 5'5", five, 5'6". Five, five, mm-hmm. So I'm... You can say a lot taller, uh, above the average. Yeah. So um, for us, it's really hard because of the fact that a lot of people are even small. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, such um, a good point. Yeah. In the 69 motion, you could say um, it's not like necessary, but it really helps if you're like around the same height. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, you know, I had to do a lot of neck exercises because you had to, you know, <laughs> lean forward a little bit. <laughs> To, you know, reach what you want to reach. And, so, you know, because of my experience and, uh, you know, there are a lot of experience with high differences, 
you just go with the flow. You just like, okay, I'm gonna reach out and I'm gonna do something with whatever I can reach in your body. So yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That, but I do like it, and I think that you like, you know, you're like really into it and really into you know the the sex. At that point, it's like a great thing to do, and I think that everyone should try it and everyone should do it because of the fact that you know you're just all giving pleasure to each other yeah. in, you know, the, you could say, well, usually the most uh, sensitive or erotic places that you could give pleasure to the other person. So, yeah, I think that, you know, for me at least, it was something new that I had to try because of the fact that, you know, you see it in, in porn, you hear it as a joke, you know. Yeah. And yeah. every time that you see a 69 anywhere, you're like a little giggle, you giggle a little bit. <laughs> I yeah. I went to the grocery store a month or two ago and my receipt was 6969 and I just laughed. Yeah, you know, it's inevitable. It's you have heard of it. Everyone has yeah. Yeah. heard of it. So you had to try it at least once. And I tried it. I loved it. And as now is, you know, one of my regular go-tos. Mm -hmm. When you're not like really into it, you're really horny and you want to do something like to get it all out. Yeah. Give it out. Yeah. But, uh, you know, for me, uh, that's one of the experiences that I really enjoy more doing it with men than with women. Yes. And, you know, cool. you, for, at least for me, actually, that's one of the wonders of being bisexual. And you know, the fact that, you know, you know that you like to do some things with women. You like to, you know that you like to do some things with men. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you get to, you know, as Hannah Montana would say, the best of all both yeah. worlds. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what about other butt stuff? For example, rim jobs. Have you played around with those? Because that oh, yeah. was a big deal for me. Like the first time that my partner was like, and now lick my butthole. I was like, wait, what? I didn't know it was a thing. Um, and, yeah. then, and then it turned into something I grew to really love. Well, for me, actually, it was the fact that I learned to do it. You can say because I had to do it. Mm -hmm. Because of the fact that, you know, at least your first time is bottoming, you have to, you know, prepare yeah. yourself, yeah. prepare the fields to, you know, everything. So first it was like, you know, a chore. You're like, yeah, yeah, just go down and do it a little bit and then we can, can move forward. But at the end of the day, I really learned to enjoy it. You know, I really love, you know, getting rimmed while, you know, I'm jacking up or someone yeah. is jacking me up. So, you know, I learned to love it. Oh, that's hot. That, yeah. Okay, so chronologically, what happened next? So you were okay. single, you were seeing guys. After, you know, my experiment, and you could say, I got a girlfriend, and we were, you know, you could say stable. Uh, we went out for the first two years of my university. Mm -hmm. And at this point, actually, I could say that I had my first mature relationship. You know, it was not just about sex. It was not just about other things. It was, you know, we lived it all. We had a lot of, you know, trips. We went uh, around, you know, a road trip around Guatemala. Mm. We went to El Salvador. Uh, a couple of times we went to Belize. Oh. You know, then we had money. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we just, well, we worked at least universities in Guatemala are not as expensive as there are in the United States. So. Mm. You can easily, you know, pay your university and have a lot of money to save. Well, not a lot, but, you know, a yeah. reasonable yeah. amount of money to save for whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. So for us, it was, you know, that great experience of really, you know, enjoying ourselves 
not only you know sexually but also you know as as young people and to travel and get to meet new people all around Guatemala and get to know you know new places in Guatemala that you probably don't know that exist so for us it was you know our great experience up towards you know the end of our relationship that I think that we're going to talk about it right now do you want to tell us do you feel comfortable telling us sure well we were you know in second my I remember yeah second year of my university actually my girlfriend got pregnant Mm-hmm. For us, actually, at first, it was a shock, as, you know, everyone will get uh, a shock. Bro. But um, you could say that uh, we accepted it kind of quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew that at the end of the day, uh, we screwed up and that we had, uh, I, I think that we had a responsibility. Mm-hmm. And none of us uh, thought of abortion as a choice. Mm-hmm. So we thought that we were going to, you know, I don't want to say we were going to be teen parents because we were not teens anymore. Uh, yeah. But at the end of the day, we knew that it was, it's hard. You know, you don't really, you know, you have the money for you and made for a lot of, you know, little things, but you don't definitely don't have, to, you don't yeah. have the money to raise a child. So uh, we were scared, but at the end of the day, we were excited at, at some point. We were really mm-hmm. hopeful that, that we were going to, you know, make a good family, that we were going to be good parents for that child. Uh, actually, um, at the end of that year, I had to go out of the country. I had to travel to uh, Nicaragua for a couple of days. Um, you know, while keeping in touch with her, uh, she told me a, a couple of times that she wasn't feeling that good, that she was, you know, having a some kind of trouble and she went to the doctor the doctor you know gave her some you know exercises some pills that she could take to you know calm her down and everything but after i came back uh, actually i came back the next day i came back you know we'd say like maybe a tuesday mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. thursday of that week she were you know maybe like at 10 11 p.m she texted me you know hey i need you come here and i went to her house and she was just with her sister and uh, we went to the hospital and we found out that she had a miscarriage. Mm. Um, for us, actually, it was uh, a shock. Yeah. Um, and you could say at some point, um, I don't want to say that we felt disappointed, but we really felt, I, I don't know, actually, how to you know, verbalize it. It's, you know, it's a weird feeling because of the fact that, at least for me, I felt kind of really relieved at some mm-hmm. point because of the fact that I wasn't going to have to struggle for a lot of things. But on the other hand, I really, really wanted to be a parent. And I, I already, you know, you could say, uh, you know, got my mind around it. And, yeah. I, you know, I thought that I actually could be a good parent. So for me, actually, that was, you know, you could say a mental conflict because of the fact that you have, you know, your young man perspective and you have your, I wanted to be a part of this perspective. So for me, actually, that was, you know, uh, a really hard time, you know, especially for the first couple of days. And also for me, actually, for any other man that has gone through something similar, is, you know, the fact that you feel at some point that you can't feel as bad because of the fact that 
uh, you're not the one that had the miscarriage. You know, mm. that maybe, you know, I, even if I was going through something, through some things, uh, my girlfriend was a whole lot worse than I was. Mm. And I could only imagine how she felt and everything. So, you know, it's, uh, it's you know, conflicted, a little bit conflicted for, for, for us. But um, at the end of the day, I decided that I was going to put myself, you know, in second place and make sure that she was okay and that she was going, uh, well, that she was going to get over it. So um, for me, actually, that was, looking back, it's probably the, the worst choice that I could have, you know, done. But mm. at some point, I really feel that, at least I feel grateful that I did it because of the fact that she was okay and she's okay to this day. You know, she had a couple of, you know, suicide attempts yeah. because of it. Yeah. The fact that you had to go, you know, through that with her. And so that was, you know, a breaking point for me. And uh, really, I think that my life actually goes before that and after that, mm-hmm. for me at least, because of the fact that it has, you know, a lot of consequences in my life that, you know, I still with me to this day. But, um, at least at that point, a lot of my friends actually, well, we had a, you know, a, a small group of friends and as a whole, they all, and we all, you know, put her first as a priority. And even though I went through similar, you could say, things and, you know, part of the same experience, I accepted that because of the fact that, you know, as, you know, as a male and as, especially as a male in a, parental relationship with her, I really believe that she went through a lot of wars that I went through. Mm-hmm. And maybe if we weren't, you know, there for her, she might have gone, you know, a lot of, yeah, a lot of work for her. And yeah. so, yeah, that was, you know, the whole experience of that for me. And you could say that has affected my relationship life and my love life, my self life up to this point. Um, because of the fact that, well, a couple of months after that, you know, I actually got diagnosed uh, with depression, mm-hmm. or what we call, I don't know how it's called in English, so I'm going to give the rough translation, persistent depression syndrome, I could say. Mm-hmm. Well, at first, it just started with a lot of the normal kind of depression, but at the end of the day, it has evolved uh, to be in this, and uh, that's probably, you know, the story that originated a lot of us. Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> And I think that I have talked a little bit more, too much. And I don't know if you have any questions. If you feel comfortable sharing, I would love to hear how you feel it's affected you and how I believe that we don't necessarily talk enough about how mental health affects our entire lives, but also specifically our sexual selves. And so if you feel comfortable sharing a few words of, you know, before this event and you were 20 when it happened. So was, uh, let me think, uh, yeah. yeah, I just turned 20. So that was only a few years ago. So what, yeah. what have the feelings been? And if you feel comfortable sharing, how has it affected your sex life? Sure. Well, first of all, uh, to give a little context of many of you might know, um, for us, a Latin American culture and um, have a, a real stigma and a real, you know, you could say men especially get a lot get a little defensive when it comes to mental health. We don't really get the chance to talk about it. We don't really get the chance to, you know, show that 
weakness or, or vulnerability. So for us, actually, is you know, you could say weird because of the fact that you feel from a very young age that um, you can't do certain stuff that might, you know, help you in some ways, but you can do it, you know, go to a psychology clinic or go to a psychiatrist in case you need it. So it's kind of hard for us to even get diagnosed with something when it comes to mental health. So for me, actually, it uh, that's how it happened, you know. I went through all of this a couple of months uh, later when I really, really, really felt like I needed it. I went uh, to a, a clinic, you know, a psychology clinic. And, you know, at the first, for me at least, it was, you know, I was so secretive about it, you know. I didn't want anyone to know about it. So actually, my wing woman who went with me was my grandma. Mm-hmm. She was like the only one that really knew about what had happened. So she went with me and we went and they sent me to a psychiatrist actually and because they actually thought that what I had was a little depression mm-hmm. as a whole. So for me, actually, that was, you know, the first step, but that was two months, three months, maybe after all that. Yeah. So yeah. as any other disease, you could say living in there and not doing anything about it is going only going to get worse and worse and worse. So when I finally reached out, it was kind of bad, you could say, for me. Yeah. So for me, actually, that was, you could say, a big step forward. But at the same time, it just made me realize how I screwed up because mm-hmm. I, you know, didn't reach out earlier. And it's, it's hard and it's also hard because of the fact that you get, you know, prescribed with pills and what that's going to do for your body, for your, you know, everything. And, you know, it's, it's a fight between wanting to feel good because of the, the fact that you know you need these things and the fact that if you take a lot of it and you take them for a long time, you're going to get addicted to it yeah. and you're yeah. not going to be able to, you know, live your life without them. So, you know, it's also a struggle between those two things. But at the end of the day, I started taking them. The first time that I realized all of that really affected my relationship. Well, at first, well, I broke up with this girlfriend of mine. We realized that we were not going to be able to look at each other without remembering everything. And for our mental health and for everything, we decided that it was the best thing to do was to, you know, part ways. And we're still friends this day, but, you know, we're not close friends. We talk once every, you know, three, four months yeah. just to make sure that the other person is okay. And because of the fact that we went through a lot of things together, but at the end of the day, we knew that being in that relationship with him, you know, was not good for us. So we broke up. And the first time that I actually realized that everything affected my relationships and my love life, it was uh, when I got the chance to be with another girl, and not sexually, but, you know, uh, as a couple. Mm-hmm. Because of the fact that when she told me, yeah, you know, I like you, you want to, you know, take this to the next level, I said, well, sure, okay. But, uh, you know, I disappeared for a week, you know, (laughs) because of the fact that I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't stand the idea that someone wanted to be with me at that point and that someone wanted to be part of my messy, messy life. Yeah. For me, actually, that was the first, you know, like, red flag for me because of the fact that I knew 
that that was normal that I really liked that girl. So, you know, in the back of my mind, I, I told myself that I really wanted to be with her and that I shouldn't, you know, just smoothed off the way back into you know, her life. Yeah. But for me, actually, there was another part of me that didn't even let me pick up my phone to text her or to call her or, you know, everything. So it was, a, you know, a big struggle for me that way. Maybe it's not like I'm, you know, the most handsome or the most, uh, you could say, um, socially active person. But after that, I had like three in a row chances to be with someone in a relationship mm-hmm. or, you know, as a couple or whatever. We were at a place where, you know, we were having fun. But at the point when we had to, you know, start making a commitment and formalizing things, that's when I realized that I couldn't do it and even with one person I you know we said okay and yeah we're boyfriend girlfriend sure we went out and you know I couldn't stand the chance the the moment of picking her up and going to a restaurant I it was you know you could say mental torture for me yeah and not because of the fact that you know I have relationship issues or whatever because uh, I truly believe that I don't but you see this person and inside of you, you get, you know, the idea of what if it happens again? What am I going to do if, you know, the other girl gets pregnant? Yeah. What if she loses the baby or, or all that? So for me, actually, it was, and, well, it, and the interesting thing is that it wasn't just with girls. Mm. Because, well, you will think, well, well how is my going to be pregnant? Right. But. You know, it's just the fact that inside of you, you think, how am I going to manage to go through another crisis with this person? Yeah. And, you know, for me, actually, it was maybe two years of really struggling with that and not really having a committing relationship. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a, a struggle. And it, to this day, it is a struggle. And also, I think that, well, at least talking about, you know, my sex life, as I told you, uh, at least for me, I'm a, a person that really enjoys or really likes to have, you know, trust with another person or, you know, having that level of intimacy. So for me, actually, being with someone and not being able to connect at any level, it, I don't want to say ruined my self-life, but it definitely affected it yeah. and made it a lot, you know, uh, harder to, you know, even to find someone for one I stand because of the fact that I knew that it wasn't going to be as good as I wanted it to be because of the fact that I couldn't connect with someone, yeah. you know? So for me, actually, that was a hard time for my life. Actually, um, after that, actually, I decided to stop taking the pills and, you know, fight with, um, with the person by, uh, by myself. But um, I think that I didn't like, or at least at that point, I didn't know if many of the relationships I have made for the past two years, like the feel influence me or who I really am, because it's it's fascinating the fact that you take one little bit and your personality changes a lot, mm-hmm. you know. And also with yourself, you don't know if the feel influence you is really you. And yeah. So you get, you know, it's 
it's a, a, a process of getting to know yourself again, your current relations to get to know you again and to be comfortable enough with yourself to be able to get with a person in a relationship. Even, you know, it feels weird and maybe at times it feels like it's not possible to be comfortable being yourself with a one-day stand. Yeah. But it's something that you need to do to get comfortable with yourself being, you know, just having sex with someone and then leaving them, never seeing them again. And even to that point, you need to get at least comfortable with yourself. I really, you know, struggle because of the fact that you need to, well, at least you need to know what you like and what you want. And at that point, I don't, I don't like to use the word uh, a lot disability, mm-hmm. but at least for me, mental illness, it's, it is a disability because of the fact that it's something that doesn't allow you to continue life, you know, as you like it to continue. And, it, you know, it's a, you can say, obstacle in your life, you know, that you need to get over. So um, for me, uh, being a, a person with a disability, you really need to get comfortable with it as any other disability. And you really need to um, find a way to live your life with it because of the fact, especially with like what I have, that is uh, this persistent depression, um, is something that is not going to go away really easily. So I had to manage how to, you know, have it with me without it being me. You know, I, I don't know if it's understandable, <laughs> but uh, if I'm understanding you, it sounds like it's a part of you, but it doesn't define you. It's not sure. all of you. Yeah. So for me, actually, getting uh, comfortable with that and to get comfortable enough to, you know, being in a relationship, comfortable enough to, you know, uh, open in your sex life to other people, it's a process. Yeah. It's really hard, yeah. especially in countries like mine that are not open to it. It's even harder. And countries like mine where you don't really get a lot of depressed bisexuals you know as a whole you know (laughs) or or maybe there are more than you think and people just aren't talking about it yeah sure (laughs) yeah it's it's hard you know get someone who really you know understands the process that you need to go through even professionals you know and health professionals um don't get a lot of these cases yeah yeah at least in guatemala they're you know used to dealing with divorces sure academic struggles but maybe not many adult problems definitely not uh, you know adult problems where by itself that you know the person is really you could say under a lot of fire constantly because of their sexual orientation yeah but also because of you know internal struggles and internal you could say trauma yeah so yeah it was a process uh Accept first accepting it, you know, it's like the five stages of grief, you'd say. Yeah. <laughs> but because of the first first step is actually, uh, you know, you get mad, you get resentful, you try to ask God or whatever you believe in to take it away. But at the end of the day, uh, when you really get to accept that part of your life and you know you have it as your, as your starting point, you know, just like the blowjob, you know, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know the starting point. And you just know you gotta, you know, discover 
where to go next and what your next move and and for me actually the first move yeah as i told you was taking out the pills and really getting to know myself again and to get comfortable with myself again and after that you know just trying to present that to the world first the people that i really feel comfortable around and you know towards the thing that i'm currently doing that is you know getting myself out there again even if it's you know just getting you know uh, into a sexual relationship or or a real you know you could say emotional relationship yeah or whatever relationship i um <laughs> i can find but i'm just starting to get open to that okay so you are feeling like maybe the beginnings of going back out yeah. there okay as i tell you i'm really into you know not you know getting all the way out there mm -hmm. but just starting you know getting your feet in the pool and everything you know yeah <laughs> just getting a taste of everything what does that uh, look like for you are there dating apps is it just being open to talking to people is it just in your mind and heart at this point at least for me actually i just uh, especially this year i decided to do new things mm -hmm. and that's for me that's meeting new people that's the way that i want to go because of the fact that that i know that these new people are going to look at me and perceive me the way that I am now, not comparing, you know, to the person that I was two years, three years ago before everything happened, but the person that I am right now. And maybe that's, I think that for any recovering, you could say, um, patient, yeah. one thing that is really um, important is to people to get to know you or who you are at that point. Um, at least for, for me, actually, that's, you know, one of the best ways to get over it. Actually, last week I went to a volcano here and, you know, we climbed a volcano with a group of people that I have never met, you know, so I, well, we were like 35 mm -hmm. people and we were all young people. So for me, actually, that felt like uh, refreshing. Yeah. Definitely yeah. because of the fact that I got to meet new people that you could say they don't look at you like, like you change a lot or they don't look at you like, um, you know, you could say uh, a depressed person yeah. because of the fact that and I love my friends and I really care for them and everything, but they know about it. So they look at you and it, you can be sad one day because they think that you're going through a lot of things and that you, it's a depression attack and they need to help you, you know, sometimes you're just sad. So, for me, actually, that was really refreshing, and I am trying to, as I told you, to meet new people, to get new experiences. I don't think that I'm ready for a relationship, we could say, as to this point, mm -hmm. but I'm open to it. If it comes to me, I'm hopeful that I will be able to, you know, uh, get into it and, you know, get comfortable with the person, with anyone you know yeah so for me actually yeah it's it's a new chapter and i can't say that i'm not going through through those feelings and thoughts anymore but i, I think that i'm at one point that you can understand them mm -hmm. and that you can live with them you know beautiful yeah. 
if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sexual advice or a couple pieces, what age or ages would you pick and what would you say? Okay. Um, probably I'll go back to my pre-exchange uh, program self, you know, mm -hmm. and just tell myself that, well, maybe like you're going to be bisexual. So start experimenting with men too, mm -hmm. because it's probably going to be a little bit easier in the United States that it's going to be more about us. Well. Good point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but probably <laughs> something like that. Um, you know, and I will go back to my, you know, uh, a little bit post-miscarriage part of me um, and tell myself to, you know, really get some help. Um, because of the fact that it's my, uh, some people think that it doesn't affect every part of your life, but it does affect every part of your life. And as I told you, you know, maybe for me it's really hard to think, or for many people it's really hard to think that depression or any mental illness affects even your sex life, you know, as we're discussing right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, um, but it really does. And even if it, you know, feels a little, you could say cheesy to say that you need to be comfortable with your partner and you need to, you know, have a connection with your partner. Uh, I believe that you can say that up until the moment where you lost and you lose the connection. And mm -hmm. uh, up until that moment, because even if it's with a, a casual partner or with a one-night stand, you have a certain connection. Yes. And even if it's sexual connection, it's sexual connection. But when you go through all of these things and you have, you know, kind of just kind of disabilities, you lose any connection, all the connections, and you can have any. So I will get myself help earlier. Yeah. And even if I have to drag myself to you know, through the city together, I will, I will do it because of the fact that I know that, you know, if you want to, I, I think that is happy life, you know, happy mind, happy life for me. So I will do that. Yeah, definitely those two times. Love it. Thank you. No problem.